Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to the uh, special edition, I oh, know I say it every week, but it is, it's very special, I'll tell you what's special about it, it's the first time in a long time that we haven't got rugby league going on over the course of a weekend. It is the Market Watch podcast, it's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis, the number 18 seed is here, Tristan <laughs> just had a lot of points to defend across the Melbourne Cup Carnival and I'm not sure he's been able to do that, anyway, uh, Jared Condon is here too from Reading the Play. .com.au. Oh, what do you know? It's a, a new week and a new hat on for Jared as well. How are you, gentlemen? Very good, Jimmy. Very good, Jared. And yeah, it's been a big week. And uh, yeah, my ranking has slipped quite considerably. And um, I even, uh, I, I decided to have a couple of drinks after Cup Day, after a big day at work. And I um, I discovered that uh, my wife was out at a Cup Day function. So I uh, sent the babysitter a text message to organise some dinner for Robin and when it turned out it wasn't the uh, the dinner she wanted, I got a video message back with her doing this chicken face saying blah, 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 blah to me. <laughs> so I think I've slipped from 18th down to 25th in the checking wow. uh, order as well. So it's been a, been a big week on the track, off the track. And uh, then, yeah, the less said about our lunch bets, the better this week, I think. Yes, well, uh, what a week. I mean, uh, what a Melbourne Cup. Absolutely uh, classic, the winner uh, from a time-honoured family and uh, never in doubt. And... Um, Probably looks a bit like Jimmy Smith this week. He says it's a, 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 another special week. Well, it probably is because he looks like uh, the winner of the Melbourne Cup at the clock tower after mm. nailing four best bets. Very excited. I'm sure he wants to talk all about that, and as he should, with a, a 4-0 sweep. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that, the Cup. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's innings over there for the ICC World Cup, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the Rugby League as well. But a little bit of an admin, a little bit of housekeeping to do in the meantime. Uh, remember, you can like and subscribe this podcast anywhere, anytime. You get it via Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you get your podcast. Check it out on YouTube as well. Lots to go through. But as we like to do... We go back and then we go forward. So, Jared, you might want to update us about how things transpired over the course of the last seven days. Well, Jimmy, we did find the LA Raiders. Tristan was very keen today. They were in a rebound spot and rebound. They did absolute convincing win off the back of sacking their coach. Baltimore Ravens, I mentioned last week, and we'll get to NFL a little bit later. I mean, there are some very good judges who rate them as their number one power-rated team, absolutely cleaned up their opposition and a very convincing win, covered the five and a half, so that was a nice result. Close in the racing, what about straight aces? 60, $61 and I think $14 a place I had, runs fourth in the Golden Eagle. Um, outside of that, we were around the money in the racing, but we didn't pick up a result. Come to the lunch bets, Jimmy. You absolutely cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Plus four for you, minus four for me, minus mm-hmm. two for Tristan. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a plus start <laughs> result like the Kiwis at plus 12 and a half. Absolutely win with a leg in the air as they did. Very well found. I thought Australia would have had a lot more to offer in what was a deciding game. They were absolutely horrible. Soundly beaten 30 nil. We'll touch on that a little bit more in the moment. And then... Here we were down to the last drive, big game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And uh, 
good old Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Let us down a path. Here's Tristan and I sweating on uh, first down and goal. Here we go, Zach. We just need a, a, a touchdown and we'll be absolutely giving it to Jimmy and we never looked likely. What, what about the two-point conversion, uh, the, the two-point um, touchdown when he put his foot into touch as well, too? Yes. Uh, Dak on that. Anyway, anyway, look, yeah, sometimes the things just roll with you. So do we have a uh, do we have a table update at all, Jerry? Oh, look, look, there goes the clock tower. Oh, wow. There <laughs> yes, <we go. laughs> yes. I, I think you, uh, being 20 in front, Jimmy, might mm. well have just gone past the clock tower like the Melbourne Cup when it did, uh, you look very comfortably in front. Plus 16, I'm on minus four, 20 behind you now, and Tristan minus 14, and we are the 9th of November. I can't see us getting anywhere near you by the 31st of December, but we shall keep trying. We absolutely shall keep trying, and uh, most importantly, we've got a balance of 3,372 in the kitty, and... uh... Yeah, as, as you touched on, the Ravens and the Raiders got the job done for that balance. Um, the person that's been leading the lunch bet, Tully, uh, was the only one that didn't contribute to the uh, the scoreboard, which is uh, which is interesting. So I don't know if there needs to be a recalibration of, uh, of how that works, but 3,372 available as we speak. Well, uh, to, he, he, yeah. he did stop those Miami Dolphins over in uh, Germany as well. Down 21-0, Jimmy. Yeah, how can you not catch a snap there? Anyway, uh, look, I, I'm I'm all happy with the status quo. Thanks very much, Tristan. So we might maintain that uh, during the course of uh, the next few weeks. Anyway, all right, let's get into it. Pacific Championship match: New Zealand thirty over Australia nil. So massive turnaround uh, from the week before. All sorts of speculation around what the week looked like in the build-up for the Kangaroos. For the Kiwis, though. Um, and I, look, I, I show a bias towards Michael Maguire because I know him. He comes on the radio program. Um, but that's with the same player. He, he couldn't go anywhere else with players. With the same players to find a different way to play and find a performance out of them. Yes, they were at home and the crowd was disappointing and that's a separate issue altogether. But for them to have that turnaround uh, against what was probably a stronger side, Jared, that kangaroo side... Um, is extraordinary. It's the heaviest defeat in the history of the Kangaroos, and that's saying something when they're chock full of NRL stars. Absolutely, Jimmy. And and, and Michael and, and the Kiwis deserve all the plaudits. They were uh, absolutely outstanding, and the gap between the two in attitude on the park was staggering. I, I felt after about 10 minutes, gee, Australia just don't look right here and they look very complacent and you're right Maguire went with the same list he did change up what he did with attack I thought they used the football very very well yep. uh, very clever in what they did with their offloads and and, and their ball shifts and it, it really questioned Australia's defense Australia as, as you also touch on and we did last week were a stronger lineup they had three key ins in particular in the middle which is where I thought they'd have an advantage they did lose uh, Cameron Murray but they were still on paper a much stronger side and never in the game absolutely soundly beaten 30 to who would have thought that that Australian defensive lineup would leak 30 let alone not score a point um, the Kiwis deserve all applaud it. I think Australia are very lucky that it was Melbourne Cup week and the papers have been saturated with a lot of coverage around the Cup. 
and not a bit of focus on some really crook attitude, uh, questionable preparation and just a horrible offering. But the Kiwis absolutely deserve all the reps, in particular Michael Maguire. Yeah, and there was a bit of a push in the market. Uh, I think when we spoke, it was 14 and a half into 13 and a half yeah. and got into 12 and a half. So, um, yeah, obviously, as, um, as as we touched on there, the, you know, plus in a final at home is always a, takes you a long way to bust, but they had to, they had to improve a long way and, uh, and they did. And then you can't give anything but credit to, to Mr. Maguire. It was a really top effort. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, um, you know, how, how things unfold from that. What changes we see in that Aussie outfit um, next, next time they go around next year. Jimmy, can I just add that, you know, to Michael Maguire, if we look at his, his offering as a Kiwis coach over the last couple of years, he took over a Kiwis team that, um, have been performing very, very poorly under Kidwell. Uh, he's pulled that back together. They had a very good performance and offering in the World Cup on a really difficult side of the draw and have just gone from strength to strength. They've formally been rated number one in the world and that was um, because of COVID and all that. So, so all sorts of things going into that. It's an incredibly difficult um, algorithm to work out how they rank the number one uh, team in the world. But Anyway, you're right. With the resources that he had, and think about all the players who weren't there for them in this. Most notably, Brandon Smith, Jeremy Marshall King, Wade Egan, uh, Phoenix Crossland. Kieran Foran was fifth choice hooker, and, yep. and he's a 5'8". So yep. uh, he did an excellent job as well. I thought it interesting, Coach Maguire getting him back on the field for the last 10 minutes of the game just to uh, soak up uh, what was a fantastic win for them. The, the greatest challenge for me, was at what stage of the game do I start sending text messages to you two? I mean, that's, I thought at halftime, yep, I'm up 24 and a half. Do I go now? That's always dangerous. But anyway, never in doubt. So, uh, yes, very happy about that. I think I think one thing we will say too, though, is the Pacific Championship Bowl, well done, PNG, reverse the result from the week before, much like New Zealand did, 32-12 over Fiji. But it didn't, it didn't capture the imagination, didn't quite work. And I'm trying to put my finger on why, Tristan. Yeah, well, a couple of things to just unpack from that little statement was that I, the only um, the only thing that I got a little bit of solace from is that uh, it felt like Jimmy was doing the old look look over his shoulder at the clock tower just to see how far behind the uh, the other horses were, and that can sometimes get you in a little bit of trouble when you're going the early crowd halftime. Obviously, paid off this week, but uh, there's still a few few weeks left, and we might uh, we might have to pull the chain on a couple of these NFL uh, bets later on in the uh, in the year, but. Yeah, you're right. The um, it, it certainly didn't capture the imagination like I, I suspect we might have hoped, particularly after the World Cup when there was yep. a lot of focus on uh, on on those uh, you know the, the, the lesser light teams, I suppose, which are which are improving every time they go out. But yeah, we just couldn't get that uh, that same. Whether it was the timing of the year, obviously, as Jared touched on, so much else happening as well. So we'll see. Oh, there'll have to be a few tweaks there. And the other way that it could have been reinvigorated was Tonga being playing in this tournament, and then. Then we had Tonga going over to England and an incredibly flat tournament. England win at 3-0. Well done to them. But, uh, you know, watching uh, a lot of some of the games and the highlights of all of the games, you're like, well, that's a very flat Tonga performance, Jared. Oh, it was, Jimmy. And, um, you know, England went into that leading the series 2-0. They could have had excuses. They didn't. Uh, I suggested last week, Shane Warne has a very good record of getting teams up for uh, each and every game, regardless of whether it was a dead rubber. And again, he did. Um, and again, as we touched on last week, I think in the international game is very healthy because we've seen the emergence uh, and performance and offering of Tonga and to a lesser degree, Samara over recent years. But 
we have this very full schedule, which I think is taking its toll at the end of the season. How we get that right, I don't know that that's going to change because um, the powers that be at the NRL want the NRL competition to be first and foremost. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? I'll tell you what's first and foremost now. I think we're at match 41 as it stands now. We've got that game tonight. We had match uh, 40 yesterday. Match 39, though, uh, Tristan, will forever go down as one of the most extraordinary individual performances by an Australian cricketer, no matter the format. Short-form cricket and Glenn Maxwell just seems to work. Uh, What, did he come to the crease at four for 45? He exit 201 not out from 128 balls. Give us an understanding of the price fluctuations for Australia at the different stages of, of that game that was played the other day. Yeah, and, and I heard you were mentioning maybe, Jimmy, that you might have thought Glenn Maxwell might be one of the most talented cricketers Australia's ever produced. Is that am I on the money there? Oh, mate. mate, I'm telling you, it's you can. We had Jared Waitley on the radio program yesterday, and he was saying, Well, that's it, full catalogue, full catalogue, like Billy Joel for Glenn Maxwell. I'm like, any chance a home test? I don't know, but maybe it's just me. But uh, oh, but... some some of the exaggeration, my goodness. Yeah, it was a high quality innings though, and you got to tip your cap. I don't think people would have pulled that out of the fire, but I think yeah, it's uh, it's got to be brought back to earth somewhat. But yeah, the other uh, live betting. Um, I'm not sure at what point the uh, these bets were struck because I was fast asleep after a big cup day, but uh, <laughs> I woke up to one of our, our loyal customers would, would have been very, very happy with the outcome because he had a 1000 on um, Australia at $23 and then another $1,000 at $21. So Ooh. not 100% sure at what point in the uh, in the innings that was, but I'm tipping it was when we were in dire straits and I probably couldn't have backed him with your money at, at that point, Jimmy. And uh, so well done. But, uh, yeah, it shows that, uh, you know, there, there's some big fluctuations in these live betting um, in, in most games throughout the course of the tournament. And if you if you got belief and uh, and you know there's a guy at the crease who can get the job done, there's uh, plenty of value to be found. Well, Sid Klein must have had a very enjoyable cup day because he's yeah. played it up uh, overnight. And who needs the first four when you pick up 23 and 21? <laughs> So, so what's the what's the market now? We've got our semi-finalists determined. South uh, South Africa will take on uh, Australia. We know that India are there. Who they play, we presume, is New Zealand. That's a really crucial game going to be played tonight. But give us the market for the winner of this World Cup on the back of the last couple of results. Yeah, well, India now are very firm favourites. They're a dollar eighty-five. Australia's four twenty. South Africa five dollars. New Zealand ten. Pakistan 21 and Afghanistan 200 to 1. Geez, they would have been in that quarterfinal or semifinal race up to their eyeballs if it wasn't for Glenn Maxwell as well. So, um, yeah, New Zealand have got a game against Sri Lanka where if they win, they'll put themselves very much in the box seat and then Pakistan will be relying on a big victory against England, which isn't uh, totally out of the uh, question considering how England's been going. But, uh, yeah, New Zealand $1.27 tonight, Sri Lanka $3.80, South Africa $1.30, Afghanistan $3.50, and then England a dollar eighty six somehow favourites against Pakistan a dollar ninety five so um, yeah looking forward to the uh, the semi finals rolling around uh, India do take on the Netherlands uh, in the last game I, the cynic in me sort of thinks maybe that was there to help potentially boost their Duckworth Lewis in the last game of the uh, competition if it was required or their, their net run rate if it was required. So give us a, where's the sharp money going? Because anyone can anyone see uh, um, sharp your sharp cricket punters outside of India? And 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 then the other thing, as we know from our man Brad Haddon, he talks about a lot about where games are played in India, and he also talks a lot about 
bowling in the night time when the dew comes in and the challenges that that presents. So it, you know, dollar eighty five is way too short for me. Oh, absolutely, and 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 you know, like India have been the best team in the comp. There's been absolutely no arguments there. Um, you know, sometimes though, when you've won eight or nine in a row, like like they have, they will have likely done uh, by the time they get past Netherlands. Uh, you know, there, there's it only takes one game now and the next couple, and and all that good works out the window. And I think we touched on last time the home crowds a great advantage, the home pitches are a great advantage, yeah. but that weight of expectation once you get to these two games now, when you've been that in in that enormous form, if they lose a couple of wickets early or the likes of a Warner and, and and Marsh or maybe Maxwell get going and can really add that that extra layer once it gets to those crucial games. So yeah, they are firm favourites. The money has been strongly for them, but in terms of taking that dollar eighty five now, I'm not so sure. I, I I feel that you're probably going to find yourself in a position where you could multi up the semi final winner into the final winner, and you'd find yourself at a better quote than that one eighty five. I don't know whether it's just the timing of it, um, whether it's because there's no other footy on at the moment, but this World Cup has been fantastic. Sit down at 7.30, watch your game of cricket. You invest as much as you want to invest, depending on who's playing. And I, I think it's it's just been a really, really good World Cup from an Australian perspective uh, and a viewership point of view. And, and I'd imagine that reflected in a turnover point of view. Oh, absolutely, and, and and you know, like I, I think to me, where the big uh, the big X factor is, is if you've you've had teams like Afghanistan, yep. Holland to a certain extent, Bangladesh have all been very very competitive, and I think there was a potential for this tournament being as long as what it was. If some of those teams didn't perform at the level they did, maybe it could have um, you know been seen as being you know quite an extended version before you got to that crunch game. But I, I think. Every every game, every every night, there's been something to be excited about, and uh, yeah, I think it's been brilliant, particularly at time zone for Aussie fans. Well, Matt, uh, I think just touching on that for Afghanistan to post two ninety one the other night and nearly cause uh, a, a major upset, you know, right toward the final of uh, all of these round robin games, you know, that in itself is great for the game. Match forty one tonight, uh, New Zealand versus Sri Lanka, and I think there's a market up a dollar three that Angelo Matthews has his helmet strap in place, ready to go. Um, fair play, mate. If you're, not, if you're not ready, you're sloppy, and that means it's your fault. I don't know what the indoor cricketers would have done with that one, Tristan, but I was all in favour of, yep, see you later. Oh, absolutely. I guess normally when I bowl, there isn't a helmet required. So there isn't, uh, <laughs> but that, that probably takes the, uh, that, that question out of the, uh, the dialogue in the indoor cricket scene. But yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, like it's one of those things, um, you know, it, it's not as low as a massive flurry of wickets either. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I tell you, if we end up with a, a India-Australia final, the ratings worldwide will be staggering. Mm. Well, India, I mean, we already, we already know what it'll be in, uh, in uh, India and the subcontinent continent but we then roll in australia with all the additional sets on wow uh yeah well india pakistan and i know that's unlikely at this point but that is that is the biggest game of cricket that's the biggest game of televised sport ever played if they yes. make the world cup final but uh we'll wait until yeah no helmet required from the batsman but uh oftentimes i think you've been spotted bowling in your helmet tristan which is a good idea when they're coming back so fast on that one before we get to the nfl jared why don't you unpack what you saw around the melbourne cup uh the friedman family have done it again anthony and sam without a fight uh, just a superb ride from Zara, preparation of the horse. But I reckon if you had a ticket on Sulcum, you're there wondering what on, like, there's just another way to get beaten with Joe Marrera. How'd you see the whole cup? Oh, absolutely. And, and hats off to the Friedman. I mean, Anthony, I think, has been, uh, in my opinion, you know, probably, you know, obviously uh, he and Richard have been the, the leading lights, in my opinion, of the Friedman family for the last 10 years. 
you know, Lee has sort of uh, stepped aside and is uh, is now training on the Gold Coast. But you know, Anthony's performance in Group Ones in Sydney and Melbourne over the last uh, five to eight years has been outstanding. His son Sam has stepped in and just done. Uh, again, a high-quality job learning off his father. And it was lovely to see him give his father the plaudits that he deserved. And it would appear that Anthony watched her at home. He's always been a very quiet, unassuming man. Um, but, you know, I, I was... I mentioned uh, without a fight uh, leading into the Caulfield Cup, he did look to ha have a great preparation. It had come off a very good winter in Queensland where it really came to the fore. They had it perfectly timing, timed into the Melbourne Cup, but gee, what about the ride? I mean, after from barrier 16, after 200 metres, he had it on the rail, Mark Zara, and asleep, just rolling along. And then to get it out into clear running as he did from the 400 to the 300 to 200 and then just kick their heads in. You're right, Jimmy. I mean, a few uh, a few sad stories in the race. I mean, Sulkin missing the kick as it did, but mm. it has had a habit of doing that. So... Uh, that was um, there to be seen and, and probably expected. Only did it by three lengths this time. Last start, it missed a kick by six lengths. Um, we saw, you know, we touched on last week, you know, Luke Murrell's offering around uh, the two uh, hurdlers with the Willie Mullins stable that, you know, realistically he was happy to lay their form. Well, they yeah. both had gun runs, heavily backed, and had nothing to offer against a high-quality stayer. And fantastic day. I thought Derby Day was outstanding. Cup Day was outstanding. Some great racing. And if you picked up a winner, good luck to you. And, and just to touch on that, I, I'm still I'm still baffled how you can uh, how you can send a horse out to Australia like Vorban, Vorban and um, and Ryan Moore, who rode in the Breeders' Cup, won the Breeders' Cup on Saturday, and you got the biggest race in our calendar, and you don't give that horse a run to acclimatise itself. I know there's question marks over the, you know, the the weight penalties and these sort of things, but surely you can put it around in a Turnbull over two thousand or something like that, and and get um, you know acclimatise itself to the conditions because we've seen it time and time and time again. And it just, every year they have supposedly the best horse in the race and every year something like that comes unstuck and to bring a jockey over that's getting off a plane, um, you know, 24 hours earlier after riding in another huge race, to me, just doesn't seem like the ideal preparation. And we've seen what Without a Fight did. It, it had a similar sort of preparation yeah. last year. Has a year out in Australia, gets itself right for the conditions that wins the Caulfield Cup and Melbourne Cup. And, um, you know, it's uh, to be interesting what happens with these horses going forward, but uh, it certainly add a lot to the uh, to the race. Well, just touching on that point too, Tristan, you look at the last 20 years of the, of the Cup, any of the internationals that are either won it or, or run a placing and perform well have had a lead-up run. And all the ones that have flopped have not. Yeah. And great to see a battler, you know, everyone's equal on a race course, like Sheikh Mohammed Obeid Al Maktoum get themselves a winner. Um, I will say, well, I've had a horse with Anthony Friedman previously. We had uh, the great Wall Park um, was there. And I tell you what, so measured, he'd give this, to, uh, I don't know, I think you have too, Jared. I think we've spoken about it. I don't know whether you have, Tristan, but so measured, such an astute horseman, uh, you know, never wavered from this this balance no matter how well or, or poorly the horse was going and and was one of those trainers that you've you had absolute faith in what they were doing so no surprise that um, he continues to be successful with his son, uh, son Sam he, his horse audio updates and pre-race yes. pre-race updates <laughs> have to be the driest 
uh, audio commentary that you will ever hear, but absolutely precise. And for any of the listeners, go online and search Anthony and Sam Friedman's website and have a look at the facilities that they have at their training setup. Absolutely yeah. outstanding. Pinecliff, I think it's called, and it, it's just something else, and no wonder that they do. And also a great side story of how um, Sam bumped in and, and met, um, the Sheik many years ago in England and formed a bit of a friendship, which then led to Sam being asked to take the horse into Australia and not his father. And lo and behold, uh, a couple of years later, they have the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Just an update on the week of Wall Park is how Anthony <laughs> would start. His anyway. Hey, uh, Jimmy, what about fantastic. the other highlight of Bjorn Baker? The man is an absolute character. Uh, I think he's fantastic for the game. He's just got uh, such a spring in his step and such a great humour. And, you know, osmosis, uh, you tipped yeah. it many weeks ago, I think, first up or second up from a spell. Uh, and not only did it win comfortably, but you also mentioned at the time it was a, it looked a very promising uh, sprinting colt. Goes down to, Melbourne last Saturday. Um, a couple of guys who have been great supporters of our last two lunches in Sydney have a 5% share in osmosis. And, oh, wow. Uh, they were down in Melbourne last weekend. They had a big slice at the price. They, uh, I think they're still out partying as we speak. But, you know, for, for beyond to then run to the microphone as he did and some of the cracks that he had at, at uh, some of the Melbourne um, form analysts was just hilarious. Absolutely worth watching, and he deserves every success. He's uh, he's stable. He's absolutely been on fire for the last six months. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie is the only time we'll hear Bjorn Baker saying that. So uh, Derby Racing is out here somewhere. That Derby Racing's just just uh, they're based in Norellan too, um, and had a lot of success. So um, like that's. That's almost life changing, depending on how much you've got. But this is now a twenty million minimum twenty million dollar cult that they've got on their hands. So congratulations to them. Um, well, what about the stud, uh, New Haven Park? They bought uh, they bought twenty five percent of Osmosis two months ago for one point four million. Talk about getting in cheap. Yeah, well done. Uh, that is astute. So uh, well done. Uh, it is Henry Field at Newgate. I think it is Henry. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, NFL. I just as I'm just thinking whether the Cowboys have got themselves into the end zone yet. No, they haven't. All right. So we can go forward to we're, we're at the halfway mark, gents. We're we're past the halfway mark of the the NFL. It's incredible. What did you make of Week Nine before we get to Week Ten, Jared? Well, Jimmy, we've been saying for weeks that defence is to the fore, as is injury mm. and injured quarterbacks. And we've got backup quarterbacks, if not the second, if not the third stringer. Uh, appearing for many teams. Um, I think the cream is rising to the top. We've got the Eagles as the number one seed in the NFC. Lo and behold, the six and two Lions sit as the number two. The Cowboys sit number six and are fading. And once again, I think that we will see that when it comes to playing the contenders, the Cowboys just don't have the answer. The Chiefs certainly clear at the top of the AFC, but I keep mentioning these Baltimore Ravens, seven and two. Uh, they're equal with the Chiefs, and you can still get $12 about them for the Super Bowl. My goodness, uh, I'm going back again for something of that. And the Bengals, they're just ticking away, five and three, but all of a sudden, Joe Burrow is getting better by the week. And uh, Chase, a bit of a question mark over an injury this week, but um, but Chakes and Mixon, he's starting to find, and they are finding some quality form. But it certainly, again, looks about uh, a bit, 
a clear cut at the top. The 49 has been very disappointing. Off a bye this week and three losses, they need to bounce back as well. So how's those markets been changing over the course of the, the last week, Tristan, around Super Bowl? There's been a bit of jumping around. And as you say, there was a couple of key games there that uh, that, that, that changed the direction of that market last weekend. The Chiefs now are the outright favourites at 525. Philadelphia and San Fran are both equal second pick at $6. Baltimore with us into $9 now. Cincinnati 12 the Cowboys 12, Miami 12, Detroit there at $13, Buffalo 15, and Jacksonville at $19. So plenty of uh, teams there or thereabouts. We've got three teams that are cleared out, and then there's a pretty pretty good uh, um, you know, jam in the middle there for anyone else that's keen. Just the one ch- for the listeners, Jimmy. Uh, if you were watching primetime games as we get uh, here in Australia on, on uh, Friday, our time, Monday and Tuesday. Mm. The last 29 of those primetime games, 22 have gone under. So defences to the four, and yeah. these primetime games teams seem to be tightening up. I know, Jimmy, you never like to sweat the unders. You would be just making money out of it if you were. I know, I know. Ah, well, I'll, I'll have a lot to eat uh, with all the lunch bets. But uh, anyway, uh, I'll tell you what, and this is the first game of this weekend or this this Thursday night, Friday, our time, Carolina Panthers up against the Chicago Bears. Now, that is an exclusive deal for Amazon Prime. Uh, they have had some stinkers on Thursday night. Like that's, oh. what have we got? We've got uh, Carolina are one and seven, and I think Chicago are two and six. Uh, and that's yep. the game that they're serving up in, in one of their key time slots. So I know there's been a lot of talk around that, but um, must be a bit well, challenging. I think they got, they got a similar deal last week uh, on the Friday game, which was a, a stinker as well. And again, you know, I mean, these two teams can't get out of each other's way. And where, where are the points in the game? And we've got a total of 38. Well, you'd have to be wanting to bet the unders again, Jimmy. Mm, no, I wouldn't. But anyway, uh and and Chicago, we know they're a big city. I think they're third largest city, but it's it's a big city team that have haven't had success since nineteen eighty five. So and and looks like they're gonna move off their quarterback as well, uh, come the next season, whoever the coach may be, uh, for that franchise. Righto, Jared, where are you taking us this week? Uh, Jimmy, I thought the one I wanted to be with was uh the Bengals. Um in nice form. Uh had them last week. Uh I they certainly took care of, of the Bills. I think uh at home, they get a drop in grade here. Houston Texans, CJ Stroud, he was the number two pick out of the draft. He certainly looks like he should have been the number one. Been in very good form, but their form and that win last week was at home. Their away form has not been uh, anywhere near as good. I think the Bengals at home, uh, a big step in class. I thought six and a half looked uh, well unders. The market was originally nine, nine and a half before the Texans came up with that upset win last weekend. So uh, Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, minus six and a half. A dollar eighty-six is my best for the week. I tell you what's interesting too, boys, and we, we, we're seeing it more and more in the game of rugby league. Um, I'd reckon there's a lot more of it in in racing as well from the the market analysts. But we know how much work American sports put into talent identification, right? So, and I know it's a snapshot, but Bryce Young was the clear number one quarterback pick for last year. He's one and seven with the Carolina Panthers, and probably looks like you know he needs to find something i know it's only early in his career if he's to be a long-term nfl quarterback the number two the clear number two was cj strout now he's taken the texans who are traditionally a poor franchise to four and four and he had 470 yards five touchdowns no picks and the game-winning drive 
last week. It's with all the analytics that they have, it's the the immeasurables that still go a long way to determining who's successful. Well, Jimmy, if we go back to the draft, there are a lot of a lot of experts in the US who were split between CJ Stroud and um, um, Bryce Young. Name is, uh, Bryce Young, and yep. the the Panthers had number one pick out of the draft, and the coach and the scouting team wanted CJ Stroud. The owner stepped in in the last couple of days before the draft and said, no, uh, I want the alternate. They went the wrong way. And now look where they stand. And you'd, you'd have to suggest that, you know, there's clearly uh, a big wedge between the, the coach, the coaching staff and the owner. And now we've got CJ Stroud just um, absolutely playing. He does look like a franchise quarterback and yep. he's, he's measured, he's cool. Uh, he's a kid with a lot of talent. And some of the stuff he did last week, five touchdowns. You know? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Jimmy, what you, about you? Yeah, Tristan, you got a best this week. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of going to uh, take us. It's a tricky round of football. Uh, nothing stands out massively to me, but I'm going to take us to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They just went down to CJ Stroud last week. Um, I think Tennessee have ridden the uh, the rise of their young quarterback, and I think maybe started to get found out the back end of that game there last week. So I just think Tampa Bay at home. Their st- season's still hovering around a chance to pushing to playoff contention. So I think at home they might bounce back here with a win, $1.93 for me. Well, look, in the interest of making at least this back end of the year half interesting, I'm just going to take the alternate viewpoint. All right? so For which one? For Tennessee. I'll go the Titans away from home. Just to – because otherwise, I mean, seriously – it's going to get – I'm going to go the Titans head-to-head. That's what we're doing. Is that right, oh, Tristan? Double stake, yeah. Well, it's plus one. We're not doing a double stake, no. You don't want the plus and the, and the head-to-head? No, no, no. Head-to-head, head-to-head lunch bet. How's that, Tristan? Sounds good. All right, done. Where oh, are so you going, floater? We're just straight head-to-head, are we? Yeah. Mm. Listen, I, I'm watching this for two reasons. One is I, I am absolutely – Sworn off Baker Mayfield. I think the guy's a myth, and uh, I think he's in his last or second last year of playing at this level. So uh, I'm not touching the Bucks. If I had to have an angle here, it's the Titans, but I'm not jumping behind Jimmy. So I'm <laughs> going to sit on the fence and watch. Just, uh, just Hopefully to be clear, just, just to be clear, I don't want you jumping behind me too, uh, Jared. So uh, yeah, that suits everyone on that. Right. You want mine? Pens are ready. Yes, please. Pens are ready, boys. Okay. I'm going to the well again. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are very good defensively, but I'm going to go to the Baltimore Ravens minus six. So has that market moved a little bit? It was, I thought it was minus five and a half, but minus six, Tristan. uh, $1.85, bit of money around for that. Baltimore Ravens at at home. Uh, They're three and one at home, but they've posted some very big scores against opposition. They won't do it against the Cleveland Browns because they are a very good defensive side, but uh, the overs and unders, there's 37 and a half. But uh, my best is the Baltimore Ravens minus six. Anyone? Anyone? Absolutely. I think you're on the money there, Jimmy. Okay. So you're going to take me on, Jared. I'm going to take the Browns at the plus. I think the Ravens win, but I think six is too big. Okay. Lunch bet. Uh, Jared. Floater, you're with me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Jared strategy. I'm gonna sit back and watch and uh, and and just see. We're gonna we're gonna try to change things up. Jared and I had a quick chat this morning. That's why I was five minutes late on the show. And we're gonna we're gonna try a couple of different angles here. 
Okay, so you had a quick chat this morning, which is very different to the usual long chat that you have before this podcast. So uh, very good, very good. All right, gents, we're locked in. Week 10 of the National Football League in the absence of rugby league. It's a it's a great watch over the course of a weekend, mostly on the, the Monday morning, obviously. Jared, plenty of racing, uh, good racing too to come. Uh, what have you got for us this weekend? Well, I love what, they've done down in Melbourne with the, the VRC and, and how they've turned uh, what was known as Stakes Day into Champions Day. And uh, we've got some cracking group ones to finish the card here. Listen, I thought um, uh, I was very tempted to go to Rose Hill in the last where uh, plundering goes around. First up from oh. a spell, race 10, number four. But listen, I'm not going to put the weights on him. I do think he'll go very close to winning first up. He's two trials have been very good, but Let's go down to Melbourne to the big group one race, race eight, which is the champion stakes. Now, we've got a very warm favourite here, the English horse West Wind Blows, 270. Mm. I think it might have opened somewhere around the 250 mark yesterday, but drawn down on the rails, English jockey, English stable, hasn't had a run here in a lead up. Tristan touched on that before. I want to go with number 11, the New Zealand uh, Mayor Prowess. $5. She was $6 yesterday. Listen, she's an absolute star and a winner. She's won eight of 11, including multiple group one and two group two races. Uh, she was tuned up with a run and win a couple of weeks ago at the Valley in the Crystal Mile, a group two event um, at 2000. She just uh, steps out. She'll love the big open spaces here. She happens to get Mark Zara riding her. I love her at five bucks. I'll have a hundred to nose on the, uh, Flemington race eight, the champion stakes, number 11, prowess. Pete? Yeah, I absolutely love this day. It's, um, you know, we've got absolute superstars running around, left, right and centre. Um, Imperatrice, I can't wait to see how it goes in that champion's uh, sprint. There's been a little bit of support, actually, for In Secret in that race. And obviously, Ballinipatina after its big win down in Sydney last start. So uh, I'm going to take us, however, to the champion's mile, Um you got some absolute superstars in Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Fangirl and Pride of Jenny. I just think Fangirl is ready to go in this race. It's been very, very well back with us early. I think maybe the other two might have had their eyes firmly set on a couple of races earlier in the carnival. So I'm going to take Fangirl at the $2.50 for my bet on the Champions Mile. That's race seven, number six. All right. Race seven, number six, Fangirl. Uh Last start winner too wasn't Fangirl at a at a price. Uh, no, no, no. Two starts back. Two starts back. Two starts yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jared, would you believe I'm going to go to the same race of you? But would you also believe that I'm going a different horse than you? So we might be able to do something a little bit funky with that one. I'm going to go to race eight, number eight, Montefia. Now, 16s out to 21s, now currently at $20, $4 the place. So uh, on the back of CJ Waller, uh, probably not the best of campaigns for for Chris, but, um, you know, he does set a very high standard on that one. Uh, but I think he's going to bounce back on Saturday. Uh, and given the price, Tristan, the all-important staking plan, associated with this one. I think we'll go the 3070 route. Thanks. The 3070 route. So um I'll go race eight, number eight, Montefilia. So 30 a win at the 20 and 70 a place at, at four dollars. And 
obviously with Jared there going against, or you going against Jared in the, in this race, I think uh, a head-to-head lunch bet probably makes sense. So I'll lock you guys in for uh, what, four or five units uh, bet well, there. Yeah, I was just, just name the number, Jimmy. Uh, what, what should we do here? Um, you want three lunch bets on this? Given the price of the market now, surely there's some sort of. Is there a couple we of go. lengths? We've got a 15 a, minute negotiation. Is there a couple of lengths that we could go to there or. No? No? Well, no. no, no. No. Okay. No. Just the first across the line, Jimmy, is normally the, the, the measure here. All right. Well, we'll make it a two lunch bet. Two lunch bet? Okay. Actually, that's very generous of me given the pricing. No, Tristan it's nearly, very generous of you. <laughs> Tristan nearly fell off his chair there. So what? How Tristan, about we do this, Tristan. Jared? If if I win, no, no, I give get. Me the best, hang on, the no, 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 no. I, I'm 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 editing that. Uh, two lunch bets to me if I finish in front of you, and one to you if you finish in front of me. Given the price. Now, given that you offered two, Jimmy, why don't we go three and two? So three to you if you finish in front of me, and two to me if I finish in front of you. Well, seriously, I'm playing with so much lunch. This is just yes. I know everything's well, illogical if, if, about if saying yes to make to it that, te- if, but it's ridiculous risk, how far in front I am. Oh, there goes the clock tower again. What? If you wanted there to risk is. ten, Jimmy, given that you're so far in front, I'm more than happy to accommodate. No, that's fine. That's fine. You fall off any uh, back of any golf carts lately, Jimmy <laughs> Big Show Smith? <laughs> No, <laughs> I might yeah. have to, I might have to jump on Jared's side here. I I I just I just got to eat up the value, so I'm going to go uh, two by three as well. Oh, hang on a minute! You weren't invited <laughs> into this. Hey, there's no there's no terms and conditions on, uh, oh, on who mate. you can bet and who you can't bet, Jimmy. We're, we're, I you, love you, it. Remember your partner with Top Sport, the fairest bookmaker in the land, and you can't discriminate between which punters you let on. Mate, how effective was that five-minute catch-up before the podcast? Then you say <laughs> this, and then I'll say this, and then you say this. I'm just, it's disappointing. I thought I, I bought enough bait to last for the next two or three shows, but I've got to go to the shop again and get something next week. This is like the old wrestling classics. Tristan's just jumped off the ropes and gone whack. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, um, so let me get, because it's all important, because half the time I come back and I think Jared bloody changed things on the lunch bet table. But now, let's be clear. Montefilia finishes in front of Prowess. I get four. You get no, no you, six. 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 Here we go. Uh, Prowess finishes in front of Montefilia. You get four. Split, four each. Split. No, no, no. Not four each. Split evenly between <laughs> the pair of you. Get it. Fair to come. Say that again. What's the slogan about top sport? The most honest bookmaker in the world. Fair to come. Um, four divided by two. Jeez, I tell you what. Now the administration part of this podcast is a lot more difficult than the actual podcast itself. (laughs) Anyway, all right, there we go. Well, to recap, we have a fantastic weekend of one-day cricket. We didn't find any lunch bets there. The NFL and, gee, some great racing on uh, on Saturday. And just make sure you have a little interest in the last at Rose Hill to finish the day. Plundering. What price can we get for plundering, Tristan? Plundering is $4.80. There's a even money shot down the bottom of the field. Uh, Jay Ford won its last two. So Plundering first up's got a very nice little form line there. Uh, four seconds in a row. So hopefully he can go one better uh, with Chad Schofield. And I can field. tell you, having done the form at length last night, number 10, the favourite, even money favourite, is the lay of the day anywhere in Australia on Saturday. It will not win that race. 
Whoa, there you go. And there Jimmy, go. if you happen to want to have a lunch bet on the last at Rose Hill, just let me know. No, I'm, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for Tristan to come over the top with the terms and conditions and that's <laughs> there you go. It's a genuine rort. Anyway, gentlemen, um fantastic. Enjoy the weekend of cricket, NFL, racing, and anything else that you're into. Don't tell us what it is, Jared, but uh enjoy that, boys, and we'll do it again next week. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.